0: So, I, I know a lot of you, but not all of you. So, I am going to introduce myself. My name is Jackie Senna. I have been attending uh, Calvary Chapel. Uh, it was 28 years in April. Um, I have three grown kids, and I get to be a grandma now. I have the sweetest <laughs> two and a half month old grandson ever. Um, I mean, I mean, I'll take that to the mat, so. (laughs) And of course, I pointed out my baby last night, which she loves. And I'm blessed to have her, and she is truly my best friend, but I'm not hers. And I know that, so. (laughs) But uh it's it's so just like watching Eve and Emily and Lauren. I haven't known Lauren her whole life, but a lot of it. So to watch these girls stepping up and taking on the ministry that they've grown up under is just I'm overwhelmed by I'm overwhelmed by a lot of things today. I am overwhelmed by that. So when I first came to Calvary Chapel, we were actually Calvary Chapel North Clackamas and we met and an industrial building just down the street from where we are now. My boyfriend at the time and I had been invited to a study. We went on a Wednesday evening, and there was something about that place, that little room, and hearing the word and worship for probably the first time ever in my life. It was so different from anything I had ever experienced. My family went. To Catholic Church on Christmas and Easter, but that was it. I had never heard praise and worship before. And there was this a beautiful woman with this big hair. And there was just, I, I thought at first she was going to belt out a country western song. I did. I sat there. I was like, where are we? And then she sang, and looking at her, she wasn't even there because she was in the presence of the Lord. And I had never seen anything like it in my life. And that very Wednesday night, something began to stir in me. Now, we did continue to come back, Sundays and Wednesdays. We weren't believers. We felt like we were too big of a mess. And I remember being sure why we kept coming. Why are we, Why are we going back? <laughs> we get up in the morning, we're getting ready for church. Why Are we going to church? Yeah, why? Because, okay, let's go. So it was shortly after, it took about four or six weeks uh, we were trying to get our accounts in order, you know. We didn't want people to not to know we were sinners, so we're trying to, you know, because I thought for sure if anybody knew, like I, I didn't think like people who walked into church had such bad circumstances as we had. I'm like, what do I say when somebody's like, "Are you guys married?" I go, "Yeah, but not to each other." <laughs> just like what do you do we had to fix ourselves before somebody asked us who we were so we snuck off and got married and, and you know I wasn't married but that is you know and I just gonna just segue that I used that excuse for so long I wasn't the one who was married that wasn't my sin but it was my sin so we had to deal with that so we could come to church and not have to lie to people in church but I mean we loved it so the last thing I wanted was for people to know I'm a mess you know what I'm still a mess so it's okay the night before we got married sitting in my living room a woman was brave enough because I was held captive (laughs) to call me out and point me to the Lord and it was um, it was just the most amazing because I'm sitting there. I'm really uncomfortable. She's cutting my hair. I'm getting married the next day. We were strictly getting married to be able to go to church. We didn't really like each other very much. <laughs> we were we were together. It was my it was like the days of our lives. My husband's best friend. I'm pregnant. I mean, what do you do? <laughs> you get married. So, you know, we're sitting there and I'm just crying because we knew it was like, the lamb going to the slaughter. I just did not want to go to that building that day. We didn't even leave our wedding together. You know, it was like, but she sat and she just pointed out my need. And at that point I had to get up and I had to walk away because um, I was pregnant. And the Miss Joe was just, I was uncomfortable. I got up and walked away and she stopped and she looked, just. do you not know that that baby is recognizing the presence of the Lord? What are you going to do about it? And I was like, Done. (laughs) Done. And so from that point on, my heart was sold out. It took a while for my mind because I was afraid of people. But eventually I began Ladies Bible Studies, and I have spent the last 24 years sitting under some of the wisest, most godly women. They have walked beside me in my greatest, my hardest, my most amazing and darkest days. I learned to trust Surrender and serve and give my life to the Lord. So I all all of that to be said, I am blessed to be here this morning with all of you. I'm a little emotional, (laughs) but that's normal for me. So I will I will imagine that we will cry and laugh or just me and probably at the same time. But it's okay and you'll catch on. I'm okay. So it's just how it works. (laughs) Because there's a lot of you here. I told Janet that yesterday, I'm like, oh, there's so many. <laughs> but I want to ask, I just want to ask a quick question. How many of you here, just raise your hand, if this is your first women's retreat ever or first women's retreat with Calvary Chapel? I mean, this is incredible. <laughs> I just want to say how glad I am you are here. Because in reality, I know how hard it can be. And what a stretching thing that this can be. I remember when I had no intentions of going to a women's retreat. But apparently, someone had had a discussion with my husband about what a good thing it would be for me to go and get to know the ladies. Form some friendships, some support, and he decided that I would go to the retreat. (laughs) So we're at my brother-in-law's house having lunch, and The bride pulls up from my sister-in-law, and she says to me, will you help me carry my stuff out? Yes, I will help you carry your stuff out. Little did I know I was carrying my stuff out. (laughs) And I turned around, and I'm looking in the window, and there's my husband holding my seven-month-old son going, don't make him cry. And I'm standing there, and I said, I'm not going. And he just went, "Love you and walked into the house, and I stood there, and I thought, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? <laughs> he signed me up. He paid for me. He packed for me. And while I was outside, he locked me out. <laughs> I think I was in such shock that Sandy McQuarrie walked up. And she goes, okay, honey, we're going to listen to Jesus. Come to the car. I okay. got in the back of her Griswold mobile, and off we went. And I'm thinking all the time, if she stops, I'm jumping out. (laughs) We're in a new town. I'll reinvent myself. I have time to start over. It's okay. But I have to say that that weekend was one of the best experiences of my life. Listen, I joined in every activity. I ran around in a cardboard horse, joking. What's it? joisting? What do you call it? <laughs> jousting. I was jousting in a cardboard horse. I ate baked potatoes with my hands. I threw, what did we throw, bowling balls? We were tossing anvils for Jesus. I, but I fell in love with the very thing I was afraid of. Fellowship. Women. The word. But that weekend, friendships were forged. I met amazing ladies. There's one story I want to share that impacted me so much. Here I was, (laughs) locked out, forced to go. I'm sitting in the little room, and I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? There's all the worries. I snore. I sleepwalk. I mean, I don't know anyone. And I go downstairs, and these women are laughing. And I meet a woman who is still my friend today and we're sharing a room together who was so excited to go to the retreat she left without her stuff. I'm like, she's in there like washing her underwear in the sink. I'm like, go home. No, I'm here. And I'm like, who does this? Somebody's like, I have a washcloth for you. And I'm like, the impact it had on me I knew I was missing out on something and I knew I needed it in my life and I knew I needed them in my life. (laughs) Debbie Stewart. She was so happy to be watching her chonies in the sink and not having a towel. And I was like, I would go home, go home. I wouldn't go home. I would, you couldn't get me home right now, but all that to say that my prayer for you this weekend is that friendships are forged, walls are lowered, old friendships are strengthened, new ones are unbreakable, and that the Lord would have his way with each and every one of us that you leave more like him than you came. So let's pray. Father God, I just we just come before you this morning, Lord, and what a privilege it is to be able to come away, Lord. The freedoms we have to come to this place and worship and fellowship and all the things that go with it, Lord. I just we are blessed women. I pray, Lord, that you continue to speak through us throughout this weekend. I pray, Lord, that uh, that that each woman, that each of our, just the spirit ministers to each one of us what you want us to hear and what you want us to take away, Lord. And so again, I lift this time up to you, your mighty name, amen. So I recently had a work trip and it's actually, it's more of a work perk, so, and I was very excited to get away. I knew I was teaching, and I'm like, I'm going on this trip and I'm going to hear from Jesus. I'm going to relax. I'm going to sit in the sun. My phone's not going to ring, which it did. My computer's not going to go off, but it did. But that's okay. I was like, this is going to be amazing. I have some sunshine. So the first day I get out there with my book and i like laying in this weird position and I fell asleep. (laughs) So I wake up completely sunburned. It's like my hair was parted weird from the, and I was burnt. So I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'll go inside and hear from the Lord in there. So... (laughs) I go inside, and, uh, you know, I'm, and that's just distracting. I'm like, okay, I'm going to cover up and go outside. I have my book, so I go outside. I sit down, I got a hat, I got a dress on, and I drop my Kindle motion, <laughs> Just right off the side of the boat. And the guy who was with us, the captain said, I'm going to get that. And he answered to me, I think it's okay. I'm okay. It wasn't. It never turned back on. But... <laughs> My plan was to sit and to relax and hear from the Lord, and then it was distraction after distraction. Then finally, no books, no sunshine. I'm sitting and I'm praying, and finally, it's like pouring my heart out to the Lord, and I was met with silence. But I have to remind myself that silence is not bad, silence just means that He needs me to be ready to hear what He has to say. I was traveling with two co-workers. We spent a lot of time together at work. But our fundamental differences are a chasm. It divides. And as time went on, I began to feel the difference more and more. But let me tell you, the Lord had to have really needed to get me out of my comfort zone to be able to hear from him. And I realized as I prayed that my defenses were high. My guard was up. My emotions were heightened that's not new but (laughs) in that setting it was not a good thing for me so early one morning the day before we came home this little boat pulls up to take us on an excursion so we're going out 45 minutes and i find myself sitting on a bench with the two co-workers up at the front of the boat just happy they've got blankets they're warm they're in the sunshine they're just chatting and the outcast is in the back of the boat being pummeled by waves (laughs) and i was just like i was like lord are what is happening here? And so the, they gave me a wetsuit to cover my head with because I was getting so wet and I was just, I was upset. I'm like, what is happening here? So then the boat slows down and I'm like, okay, finally. And the man motions to me to put my wetsuit on. I look at this poor man and I said, have you seen me? Are you kidding? And he goes, You want to swim with the shark? You put on the buoyancy suit. I'm like, I am buoyant. I will be okay. I am going to be okay. So I'm telling you what, I'm stubborn enough. I got in that wetsuit. It was not good. But I was determined and I got in it. And to say the least, I was uncomfortable. I was embarrassed. I was already excluded. I felt alone, lonely, and the Lord was still quiet. And then it just really hit me that I really just felt like the odd man out. But the reality of it is, I am the odd man out in that situation. And I'm typically not sensitive to it. Don't get me wrong, I do not ever wanna be the opposite of the odd man out. I don't know what that's called. I don't wanna be the right man in, I don't know. (laughs) But in the eyes of this world, I don't ever wanna be seen as an equal. I don't want to conform to fit in. And I prayed again for God to change my heart in my circumstances, not change my circumstances for my heart, but to embrace the things that make me different. Who makes me different? I want to press into Jesus and lean in hard because it's not having to squeeze into a wetsuit or not know the Hollywood gossip or to be uncomfortable in the bar scene knowing the most popular singer or the greatest authors or the best political views that makes me different. But it's the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, my Lord, that makes me different. So while I may not measure to the world's standards, I don't want to. I don't ever want to be measured up against that measuring stick. But I want to be measured up against the heart of Jesus. Jesus. And when I came to grips with my whiny pity party, the silence ended. And all I heard was just be set apart. And when I got back in the boat, I emailed Janet. (laughs) And I didn't give her all this detail, but I gave her quite a bit of it. And uh, I said, that's what I want to talk about is being set apart. So then the question has to be asked what does it mean to be set apart? To be set apart means to act. And think differently. It means God chose you specifically for a purpose. We are not here to take up space. We are here to love his truth and to be a light to the world, but not of the world. As believers, we are chosen, set apart to live a life that glorifies God in all things. So practically, what does that look like? It looks like someone who is not perfect, but someone who lives a life yielded and leaned into God and ready to be his hands and feet at any time. I struggled with the message because I felt like, I can't teach someone to be set apart. (laughs) I can't teach you that because it's not my work and it's not your work. It's Jesus' work in you. The response is being willing, being willing to go where he's going to take you. And I felt like this word from the Lord fits so perfectly with our theme, for such a time as this, because you can't have for such a time as this if you're not set apart for that purpose. I looked for some examples in the Bible of people who were set apart. Joseph embraced his set apart for such a time as this when he spoke God's words and carried out God's will in the pagan land of Egypt. Daniel had his set apart for such a time as this, when he took a lonely, courageous stand against the blasphemy of a prideful king. Nehemiah had his time when he led God's people back to their homeland to rebuild Jerusalem. Moses had his when he confronted Pharaoh and delivered the nation of Israel from bondage. David, Joshua, Gideon, set apart by God, all impacting the world around them for such a time as this. I could name so many women I know in my life, so many women who are here in this room that have embraced God and used what he has purposed them for, for their such a time as this. And sometimes... You're for such a time as this may be hard, heartbreaking, amazing. They're not all mountaintop experiences. Some of them are in the valley, but God's going to use you for it because that's what he's put for you to do and that's what he's put for you to have. I remember, I'm just going to mark this because I'm just going to look at that for a minute. Um, (laughs) I remember (laughs) one of the most profound things somebody said to me. I was trying to figure out (laughs) sorry, why something we were going through could be part of God's plan. And this woman, who I was terrified of, walked up to me, grabbed me, hugged me, and whispered in my ear, God will use this for you and for your kids, because I went through this too. I lost my dad, too, and they're going to be okay. And, it, you know, we need to hear these things. You need to have people tell you, I have been able to sit in my office and hold someone's hand and tell them, you know, I know this is scary. Cancer is scary. But God has this, and he can get you through it. Death is scary. Division, these things are scary, but God allows it to happen for us, to be more like him, and to be used by him. There was a time in my life I wanted different or more. But looking back at those times, they were such rich moments. Have you ever just sat and thought, I don't want to be just a mom. I want to go save the world. But you know what? Had I not been just a mom, I wouldn't have these three amazing kids sold out for the Lord embrace where you are. We were at a pastor's wife conference once, and it was Sharon Reese was sharing about how she wanted her husband to help minister. Ibrow Reese, he's his Big Calvary Chapel pastor, he's just out ministering and doing what, and she's washing diapers. And she said, at one point, she just was like, Lord, if this is what you have for me, I am going to be the best diaper washer for you there is. And then she laid on those diapers and she prayed, you know, and I thought, that is what I want. Whatever you put in front of me, I want to grab a hold of, and I want it all set apart for your purpose. As Janet shared last night, Mordecai was set apart. Another great example. I've never, ever seen that perspective of the story before. He took on Esther as his own, being Esther's, would you call her the advisor of her heart? and being instrumental in exhorting and encouraging her to embrace what God set before her, we saw them both glorified through the Lord's action, through their actions. The thing they all have in common is their relationship with God. They were set apart for a purpose, and we only get to see glimpses and snippets of some of these peoples for such a time as this, but let me tell you, it's not a one and done. You're not looking forward to your big for such a time as this moment because right now is your for such a time as this moment. Tomorrow's your for such a, the next day and the next day until Jesus takes you home. Every moment, grab it. Have it. If you are, belo- if you are breathing and you belong to Jesus, you're here for such a time as this. I want to look at one more obvious for such a time as a C-lister, Esther. Fun fact about the book, God is never mentioned by name in the book of Esther. There's only one other book that happens in, and that's Song of Solomon. That's my little brain lint for today. You're welcome. <laughs> um, if you're not familiar with the book of Esther, let me encourage you to read it, because not only is it a factual historical document, but you can see the hand of God. Though he's not mentioned, it's obvious. You can see the hand of God on every page, and I love that because you know what? Sometimes God's quiet, and sometimes you feel far, but he's never not working. He's never not right there. You are never alone. Esther, is a thrilling narrative of romance. I read this. Esther is a thrilling narrative of romance, suspense, intrigue. It is as good as any good page turner gets. I agree, I love this book. And it has amazing relevance to the the turbulent times we live in today. Partying, revelry, backstabbing, lying, sin. (laughs) It's just, oh, I need that. Makes me more comfortable. I've got the paperclip in one hand, the tissue and the pen. So <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so I just want to read a short article that I found a devotional that I found. It says when we look at the life of Esther, the phrase for such a time as this actually refers to Esther being scolded for her self-indulgent, self-persevering mindset. Mordecai reproved Esther for living large and embracing royalty over righteousness, selfies over service. Though through these telling words, he reminded her she had been chosen, set apart, to set aside her own interests, to let go of her own ambitions, and to face the enemy full on. She was to risk her life and her legacy with no guarantees of a positive outcome that's the for such a time as this Esther was facing. And it's also the for such a time as this that God puts before you and I. Are we willing to lay self aside, pick up our cross, and follow hard after Jesus? God has given each of us a job, a position, resources, education. God has opened opportunities to optimize for his kingdom purposes. I read that phrase the other day, and I love it. I want to live for his kingdom purposes. He didn't place you or me where we are so we could just be fat and sassy, post pictures on the internet, just live the way we want to. He's placed us where we are because we are in the midst of a battle. We are in a war. You and I are in the midst of of a seismic conflict involving good versus evil. To miss this assignment would, be, would mean we become too caught up in our personal kingdoms. And that is one of the greatest tragedies as believers we could face. There, is an enti- there was an entire nation grateful for how Esther responded to Mordecai's rebuke. Their lives were spared How many souls can be spared in the culture we live in today if we choose to step up, even if it involves sacrifice? The reality is what I have for you today, as believers, is I can only encourage you to press into Jesus, to lean in, and to let Him set you apart. We can't manufacture that. You cannot set yourself apart, you can try. But let Jesus set you apart so he can use you. Jesus was hated by the world, but he overcame the darkness. And you were set apart to shine in the darkness. When God is at work in our lives, we begin to desire the things of God, not the things of the world. Like I said, this isn't something we can do on our own. We need the grace of God to help us be different from the world. The good news is, is we are a new creation in Christ, and the old life is gone. 1 Peter 2, 9 says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, and a people for his possession, so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. John 1 says, First John 2, 15 and 16, do not love the world or the things that belong to this world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For everything that belongs to the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride in one's lifestyle is not from the Father, but it is from the world. By loving those around you and showing compassion and kindness, you will be a beacon of hope in a dark world. We are called to live differently from the world. We are called to not blend in among the thorns, but to stand out from the crowd. 1 Peter 2, 4-5 says, Coming to him a living stone, rejected by men but chosen and valuable to God. You yourselves, as living stones are being built into a spiritual house for a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ. We are set apart to show the love of God and to live in a way that glorifies his name. While you might look like a stranger to the world, you are no stranger to the heavenly places. God has set you apart for a purpose. He has chosen you to be his hands and his feet here. Does that not amaze you? The Each of us, we get to be Jesus with skin on. You get to be his hands and feet. One thing that really stood out to me about two of the examples, the first one was Moses. (laughs) When confronted with the burning bush and the booming word of God coming out of it, he said, That's probably not me. You're, I'm not eloquent. I think I would be like one of those, <laughs> those fainting goats. <laughs> bush speaking, I'd just be dead. Just dead. And I would like to think I would be like, God, I'm taking my shoes off, let's go. But I think I'd do the same. I'd be like, um, I think you, oh, I walked. <laughs> the wrong person walked by the bush. Someone better will be by in a minute but he's not looking for better. He's looking for willing. And Esther at first, you know, she gets her message and she's like, "Mm, yeah, well, no. I don't know that I want to do that. But both had a change of heart and embraced what they were set apart for, loving God's people. Mordecai went one step further and told Esther that if not her, then somebody else was going to do it. That is so sobering that if you're not going to respond, he's going to just find someone else because you know what? He doesn't need you. He allows you. He asks you. But if you're not going to do it, somebody else is going to do it. I don't want someone else to do it. I want to do it. And I want to remember that when he asks me to do it, that I'm going to grab a hold of it, whether I'm afraid of it, whether I'm like, um, find someone better, <laughs> or no, no, I don't want to. I just want my response to be yes. I love that song. I want my response to be yes and amen. <laughs> I will do it. I want to be set apart. And you know what happens when we're not willing to be set apart? We become set aside. Lord, never let us willing, be willing to be set aside. 1 Thessalonians 2.12 We encouraged, comforted, comforted, (laughs) and implored each one of you to walk worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. It requires hard work and perseverance, God's work and his perseverance in your life. We just need to respond. In this life, in this day we live in, it is not for the faint of heart. Have you been out there? Have you turned on the TV? It's terrifying. I think of the world my grandson's going to grow up in, the confusion, the chaos. There are no absolutes for anyone anymore. Instead of conforming to the world, we are called to conform to the image of Christ. Our conduct and our behavior should reflect Christ. The Spirit works in us, changing our hearts so we are different than those who remain in the world. The older I get, the more I realize that life is a little less princessy than I had hoped it would be. (laughs) That there are more hardships and heartaches than I ever expected. Esther followed God's direction, patiently waiting for the right moment. God opened the king's heart for her plight which resulted in favor, in favor bestowed upon Esther Mordecai and the Jewish people whatever circumstances we wake up to each day know that our for such a time as this is right now right here we can trust the king of kings as we say yes in obedience to what has been said what we have been set apart for and when we do we will discover that even in the midst of humdrum and hardships and everything in between, God has a plan. We can trust him as we live out our for such a time as this, each moment of every day, right where we are in Jesus' presence. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you for who you are, Lord. I thank you for how you love us. I thank you, Lord, that you would take a room of 150 plus women, broken, tired, we struggle, we have good days, we have bad days. Lord, but you want to use us, imperfect as we may be, maybe cast out by the world's standards, Lord, but you, you want to use us, you want to grow us to go and make a difference for the world. Lord, if somebody doesn't go and talk to them, who will? I just pray, Lord, that you make us influencers for you. Lord, that you help us just to be aware where we are and how you want to use us for this day, Father God. Lord, we love you. We praise you. I lift up the rest of the day to you, Lord. I pray. Um, I just pray for Angela. She's going to come up and share in a bit, Lord, and just everything that goes on through this day, Lord, that you would have your way with us. We love you, and we praise you in your mighty name. Amen.